0: Did you know that you're weird? You're wonderfully weird. Join us for the next few minutes as Drake Hunter, Senior Pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, and author of the upcoming book, Wonderfully Weird, helps us to understand how to live that wonderfully weird life to the fullest every single moment of every day. I'm your host, John Waters. Now, Wonderfully Weird Living, with pastor and author, Drake Hunter. Welcome once again to Wonderfully Weird Living. Uh, glad to have you here. I'm John Waters, your host, and I am very happy to welcome back pastor and author Drake Hunter. Welcome back.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me back. Uh, I'm it's been uh, it's been a long week, it's been a good week, but it's good to be back with you, John. Well, of course, as I mentioned
0: in last week's podcast, uh, you were at Camp Wyoba in Wyoming this past week as the camp pastor, working with teenagers, and uh, as I also said in the uh, podcast, better you than me, but uh, <laughs> I know that that's, uh, that's
1: a passion that you have, is working with the young people. Yeah, I started working with uh, young people way back in 1988, and pretty much since then, uh, been involved with some type of camp, either as a counselor or as an associate pastor there or a camp pastor this uh, past week uh, with uh, about 21 teenagers up there in uh, Camp Wyoba in Casper, Wyoming. And it was just a delight. It was a thrill to truly spend 24 hours a day with these young people to really give them an understanding of what it means to be, first and f- foremost, a Christian a person who's following Christ and making a commitment and being engaged with with that lifestyle, truly being that Christian that God, Jesus, needs us to be so that we can be that example uh, in our day and age.
0: Well, and you you probably are more attuned to this than I am, but it seems to me like this new generation coming up
1: really is genuinely seeking the truth. Oh, I agree with you 100%. In fact, I would say over the last seven years, let's say the uh, last decade, where they are seeking the truth. They want real, genuine truth. And first and foremost, they they want the model of that. And then once we can put that model there and they see that, then they can trust you. And then the door opens that you can truly uh, share the truth. Uh, and let me say this, the impartial truth of God with them rather than, let's say, uh, be like me truth. Uh, so, yeah, they are open and they they recognize these are young adults and oftentimes uh, and I, I shared this with the staff up there at the camp, we, we recognize them as uh, kids or children listen, they're adolescents. They're now making that transition and they're young adults and uh, they're seeking for the truth. And I'm going to say more than ever before, because they recognize uh, what's going on in our world today. And they want to be part of that solution in the future. So they're willing to open up as long as you can develop and maintain trust with them. And that's the key. And once they uh, uh, establish that trust mm-hmm. and and find that truth, they don't hesitate a moment making that decision, do they? Not at all. Once you share uh, that reality uh, in the sense of who they are and how they've been created and all these different worldviews, and then you come around and say, here, here's the di- different options. And they see it, they, they commit to it, and in fact, this last... Uh, week. We had two of our own right here from Elevating Life Church uh, commit uh, to Christ. They're going to be baptized this next Sunday, so pretty excited about uh, that commitment and that engagement that they decide. We didn't project it. We didn't push them. We were not defensive with it. We gave them the opportunity, and they made that decision. That's awesome. So uh,
0: we look forward to the baptism coming up this week uh, at Elevating Life Church. Now, with you gone to... uh, Uh, Camp Wyoba that gave uh, myself and our executive pastor at Elevating Life Church Matt Wolf an opportunity to fill in for you uh, in the pulpit Uh, myself uh, last week more than a week ago Mm -hmm. and then Matt uh, a couple of days ago on Sunday and that's where we want to go this week is to uh, explore more about what Matt talked about on Sunday of course the message was riders on the storm and the uh, the the theme of the message was self-control. I thought he did a brilliant job oh, in, in presenting uh, self-control versus others' control.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. He focused. He he honed in on that fruit of the spirit known as self-control, and his personality. His uh, he's just a brilliant man. Uh, the way he delivered it was logical. It made sense, uh, and then people walking away uh, with a sense of true uh, understanding, and then the sense of truly, I need to apply this to my life because. Uh, Isn't that what we all need is Mm self-control? Once we have self-understanding through Jesus Christ, and if we have self-understanding, self-identity, then along with, of course, love, don't forget self-love, nothing wrong with that as long as you're doing it through the image of God that you've been created in. But then uh, we can live in love, but without self-control, then we live in what I call sloppy freedom. And we're not after sloppy freedom in Christ. We're after that, that spontaneous freedom that is self-controlled so that it benefits others as well as yourself. And so he did a brilliant job on Sunday. I had the opportunity to, to be that, that sponge on Sunday morning where I just, uh, you know, just experience uh, the ministry uh, just in, as, as that participant, if you will, and just absolutely enjoyed it. So let's, uh,
0: let's dive a little bit deeper and as we like to do, um, uh, we like to give folks some questions that they can use to uh, do some further study and, and reflection on it. Yes. And the first of those questions, and it's a very obvious one is, so
1: what is self-control? And yes, we have to get outside of ourselves because we have the tendency to want to define things our way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we step outside of ourselves and we we look at, uh, let's say, the universal reality of God and we have experts out there that's truly helping us understand uh, what that may be in the sense of the definition of what it is and simply put, this is what self-control is. Uh, self-control refers to overriding an impulse so that you can agree with a standard that is appropriate. And this is critical to understand if you're going to properly put self-control in place and actually uh, live your life in the way that you can produce the fruit of the spirit of self-control. Does that make sense absolutely so you're going to have those urges you're going to
0: have those uh temptations yes. it's what you do with them then uh from the the standard that is set and whether you then are able to overcome that and you control it rather than it
1: control you and and for what is appropriate right i think that is a a, a key understanding too because if we take what it appropriates out and just kind of partially live that. Then we're living a life that is perhaps stoical. There's no real meaning. You're just following the law or doing the law or you have this behavior because self-control is required. For what is appropriate means you have a standard and a goal. You're seeking after something. That's the reason you're doing it. And, of course, every experience determines what is appropriate or not appropriate. And that's huge because if we want to experience the freedom of Christ rather than, let's say, what the teachers of the law teach, uh, we really want to live life, we have to be intentional with that, and when we step into an experience, whatever that might be, then we use that self-control, we have those standards, and then for what is appropriate, we can adjust and we can truly live a life that's in control, first and foremost, with the standards or the norms of Christ, we can say, and then we we conduct our lives in a way that's beneficial to us and other people, because, John, how irritating is it to be with people that are out of control? Mm-hmm. It's just miserable. And uh, when we're selfish, uh, we don't care what we think, we don't care what we feel. Our emotions are, hey, you get what you get, and I'll do what I want. As you shared last week, <laughs> my my uh, my, uh, what do we call that? A motto, I guess. Right. Now, <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> but we have a responsibility. We have a standard as Christians to to truly. Uh, Place our lives out there in a way that's going to be beneficial to others, and and that's that's what's so great about being a Christian. You partially answered
0: this already, but I want to take it down this road a little bit. So, the standards that are appropriate, how do we determine what those standards are?
1: Well, uh, several ways, but first and foremost, when we step into uh, the, the the Christian experience we decide to be a christian we accept jesus christ as our lord and savior we repent we seek god's kingdom we're stepping into now uh christ and of course we see those standards or those norms of christ in the gospels and of course those are now our core values we can say core standards in how we're going to live our lives let me say this morally, because those are moral laws that we're getting into our heart so that we have something to, 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 to use, that standard, so that we can live appropriately. And so, first and foremost, those boundaries, those moral boundaries, to be pure, are those commands, nearly 50 commands, that we see in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they're not... Uh, over consuming or anything in fact they just add value to your life so for instance as you know John the first command that Jesus delivered to the church or to people is repent Mm -hmm. and we know if we're doing that properly repent we are repenting from our let's say our wrongness of our own self-centeredness and then we're stepping into the kingdom of God where we're saying it's no longer about me it's not about me it's not about you it's about the bigger picture and Our standard is, with that in place, humility. And humility is nothing more than our highest value is no longer being right, but truly going after understanding. That's a whole different one standard, being right is prideful. The other, understanding. Does that make sense? Yeah, and
0: and as you've talked about many times, uh, uh, a person's the
1: the thing that people seek the most yeah. is understanding. So from other people, let me give you a more a more practical definition. Now, that's that's the typical you know go to church. A standard is nothing more, if you think about it, an objective uh, truth that stand, sits outside of yourself, and then you're going to take that objective truth, and then you're going to apply it, put it in your life, so that you can agree with whatever that is. And so a standard is in place, you've agreed with it, when you're sober minded, that means you're not drunk in emotions. In, in the passing, you know, I need a standard here so I can accomplish this. And it has to be objective, because if it's subjective, that gets us in trouble, because we know that that standard sits outside of ourselves. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Absolutely. So uh, now that we have a, an understanding of self-control, let's go on to the, the second question then that we really need to ask is, okay, so now I look at myself, I, I reflect, and what is a temptation maybe that I need to override, right. and then how do I
1: do that using the standards, right. the self-control? So once we make the choice, because we have to do that, to allow uh, ourselves to produce self-control in ourselves. Three things have to happen, okay? First and foremost, an urge. (laughs) Think about it, or a temptation. Uh, You don't need self-control if there's no urges or or temptation, right? So at that point, we have to be aware that, oh, here comes the temptation or that urge. So that's that's the first, let's say, uh, thing that happens. And then... Uh, from there, the second thing that has to happen, you have to have an agreed standard. You have to agree with some standard that's already in place. And so I have this urge, I now have this standard in place. And, and for example, let me, let me say this. Let's say uh, I want to lose 50 pounds, right? That's my goal. And uh, I walk by the donut shop. <laughs> Uh, and or the, on, ice cream or the ice cream for me. Or the ice cream for me, Ben and Jerry's ice cream shop. And I get there and I smell it or you see it and you have this urge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, But you've made this standard going, if I get into this situation uh, – if I go through a donut shop or let's say the ice cream shop, uh, we'll go with donut. Rather than having four donuts, I'll have one donut. That's okay. the standard uh, I, that I've agreed with because if I eat three or four, I'm gonna gain more weight. So it's okay, reasonable activity, but what is uh, that standard that you're going to agree with? And of course, it has to be in place before w- before that urge comes or you're just going to be reactive. And so now we're living an an intentional life if you will and then of course the third part of that is part of that definition is for what is appropriate you know of course here i am uh you know it's sunday morning now as we experience every sunday the donuts come in and there's three boxes and uh, i You know, it's appropriate for me to. My wife says, (laughs) to have a half a donut. So, (laughs) so I eat a half a donut. She's my accountability partner, and so, so that those things have to happen. So, uh, my point here is, you have to make the decision first and foremost uh, to 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 live with self control or produce that and develop that habit, so that you can truly live in a way that we're meant to live and produce. We are to produce the fruit of the spirit known as self-control can that
0: uh, standard include a complete diversion into something else completely so let's go back to the donut Uh, so the agreed standard that i use that is appropriate is rather than giving into the temptation of the donut the agreement i've made with myself is that i will drink a glass of water
1: yes that's problem solving though okay so you've got a problem right you got you got to solve this issue the standard is i'll eat one donut or whatever it might be but now you're going into the if then situation okay so if i i go by a donut shop uh and i have that urge then if you problem solved with yourself then i'll drink a glass of water so that's more on the problem solving which is very very necessary uh, after we get this standard in place. Does that make sense? Okay, so it's the
0: next step then yes.
1: in that process. Yes. So the if then, and that's that strategic, oh uh, that's a military coming out of me. That's that plan that we have to put in place. If this happens, then this. And so we can do that with any temptation uh, that uh, we, we might, we might uh, find ourselves in. And if you know you're struggling with this temptation, then come up with that if then plan. And then when it happens, you're in the war now <laughs> then you can make sure you practice it then you just go to it problem-solving at its best and something I see here that could be very beneficial is that
0: you know we as humans tend to um, will either look at an entire I'll use the word problem in this particular case yes. um, rather than breaking it down Um, or we'll take a problem that maybe isn't very big and make it big, but this is actually talking about, okay, I'm going to identify individually this temptation now uh-huh. i'm going to work on it and then i'll work and then not once this is complete but rather now i've got this one in place this standard in place now i'll uh, address the next one and put that standard in place
1: yeah it's very systematic in your problem solving you know i, I recall um the uh, proverb six six consider the ant old sluggard where you, you can think of yeah, and the sluggard is just somebody who's lazy in, in living life. They're not thinking about it, and they're not mm-hmm. intentional. So consider the ant where it's one pebble at a time. And I think we misunderstand uh, life quite often, especially in the day and age we live in, because we don't live in, in life in a microwave. Mm-hmm. It's one pebble at a time. And we resolve that and we develop, we resolve that systematically. Then we develop it through uh, that systematic process, one pebble at a time. And that, that de- you know, it changes a little bit with different personality types, if you will, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. However, yes, uh, generally speaking, that is, I would say, the best way. So, and and we've talked a little bit about this. The third question
0: is, what standards will I use to override that? And the standards are going to change dependent upon the particular urge or temptation or situation.
1: You know, you you asked an earlier question. I think, let me me see if I can put standards maybe in a better light. Let me use an example. I think most people understand thermostats in their homes. Mm -hmm. Or perhaps you can think of your own self with the human... Uh, how the human is designed with the uh, the thermostat that we have in ourselves. But let me use those two examples to make sure we understand what a standard is. Think of a thermostat in your house. I think of mine right now. We have the air conditioner on, and we have it set to a standard, 72 degrees. And of course, the the thermostat, or that system now is responsible to make sure that it maintains that standard in my home 72 degrees of course when it goes let's say lower uh, the system kicks in and gets you back to that standard of 72 degrees or vice versa on the other side uh just just the opposite well the same with the human body we are designed. god has designed us and this is a great analogy for us in our own responsibility of self-control where the human being temperature is 98.6. Mm-hmm. And the body, God has designed our body physically to make sure that we maintain that control throughout the body of the human system. And so when it's out, uh, out of that standard, 90, uh, 98.6, and leans towards, let's say you're getting down to uh, 95 and you're going, you're going to be sick. Mm-hmm or on the other side of the coin you're going to be sick spiritually speaking that's exactly what we need to do in any of our experience in our situations we've got to set a standard so that we know what it's appropriate and when you're off kilter then you can make a decision and get yourself back to that standard Does that make sense? And so clarify it.
0: And so when you're when you're off kilter, as you said, then Mm -hmm. then you begin to feel that of I need to get my I need to get back to that standard standard because I'm very uncomfortable now, sick, if you will,
1: being where I'm at. Right. Now, and you think about what Matt said on Sunday. He used three uh, examples when it comes to setting standards. He's like, you have to set standards with yourself, set standards in your relationships, Uh, and I I believe the third one was set standards professionally. Mm -hmm. And how true that is because uh, we go from experience uh, to experience, relationship to relationship, and we have different standards for different uh, situations, and we have to do what is appropriate. And when you're don't have self-control, let's say you walk into a a social situation, Uh, I can think of a wedding or a funeral, Uh, you have to have a standard in how you, that's appropriate, that's going to really add value to everyone there. But when you're going to do what I want, you're out of control, then it becomes not only, uh, you might be fine with it, but then we're not conducting our life in a way that is living with the standards of what is appropriate. And so... Uh, so much to the standards and and how important uh, that is for us to understand the different context of that and understanding where we're responsible uh, in all of our different life roles and how important it is to truly be in control with God with those standards.
0: Well, it brings up another thought then, uh, depending upon the particular situation, the consideration of others Mm -hmm. when it comes to forming those standards. So, for example, (laughs) a husband and wife, uh, one or the other does not set the standards. It's the team together Mm -hmm. that sets the standards that they both agree to then.
1: yeah, I'm with you on that one. And let's go back to the fruits of the Spirit. So you read the fruits of the spirit there's nine of them in the book of galatians chapter Mm -hmm. five but notice that the fruits of the spirit starts with love right on one side and then on the other you have self-control now if you understand language and how that particular style of writing works those are known as bookends Mm -hmm. so you have love here god's love, and which is what you just mentioned uh there's different aspects you have god's benevolent love Yes, Right. so that is nothing more than sacrificial love or you're willing to give up your own interest, your own preference, your own likings long enough so that you can come together. Now, without self-control, benevolent love does not exist. Well, if right. it does, it's very low and you're not aware of it, so you have to have that book in of love. So think about it, oh, I, I live in God's love, but if you don't have self-control, you're missing the mark. Now, the interesting part about this, uh, this discussion here is that we see a lot of people, I'm just going to live in God's love. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have the other bookend of that. You have not a very tight, disciplined uh, faith. You can, you're basically, I do what I want in God's love and justify or be- better yet, rationalize why you have the permission based on how you're interpreting God's word to do I do what I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, self-control especially with other people where you're going, has to be in place so that that love then is then done with integrity, in completeness. Otherwise, it's one-sided or not, and then you're not truly experiencing love in the way God meant it to be. And that self-control
0: has to be in place, but not just based upon my own personal standard, but rather upon the standard of that relationship.
1: Agreed upon standards exactly. with both or with the church, or with whatever relationship. Or
0: professionally, whatever the
1: Whatever the relationship. Agreed upon. That is key. uh, To agree, actually the key word there in that definition of uh, self-control is to agree with. Remember what the great commandment Mm -hmm. says. To uh, be, or excuse me, to love God with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so that with is about connection. It's about bonding. It's about truly coming together in a way that's going to truly create uh, and reflect that uh, that love of, of God appropriately. So, so it comes back
0: around then to it's not about you and it's not about me, but it's about the bigger
1: picture, which is our agreed upon standard that is appropriate. Right. And with those bookends, so you think about it we experience many churches. There's many churches I I just love, but no self-control. You kind of have this more, I, I would say charismatic, which is okay, but when things get out of control, uh, as Paul, I'm thinking of First uh, Corinthians chapter 11, 12, and 13, love, right? Uh, where thing, Paul had to go, he's like, no, 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 you're missing the mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, of course, we get to Galatians. Now, you take love out of it, which you will experience, and you have self-control, right? The churches that, we need control. Control, right. control, and they become critical of that control. And then they become very, um, let me say, fundamentalist in the sense of how they conduct themselves. And they're truly not living uh in in balance or agreed with what the scripture actually says we have to have both in place so that we can truly live with god and with our neighbors wow all right a lot of information there uh, uh,
0: very good it, it certainly okay. has helped me to understand it and hopefully it will to uh, the listeners of this podcast yeah. as well um we're rapidly running out of time now let's look ahead a little bit because this week uh coming up um of course the the song is uh, uh stairway to heaven yes and you were telling <laughs> me a little bit before we started uh this podcast here today about where you're going with that message and I found it fascinating. So maybe give just a little bit of a teaser about it.
1: Uh, Brilliant song, of course, by Led Zeppelin. Uh, But when I'm thinking of Stairway to Heaven, unlike the song, I'm thinking of those different aspects of salvation. Uh, Because I think uh, uh, many understand the first aspect, which is justification, uh, meaning that we justify that we are guilty Mm -hmm. and that we can't do it our way and we step into uh, salvation, but then from there, there's five other elements of salvation that we have to be aware of and be intentional of going after it. And uh, some of that is, of course, sanctification and glorification. I'll share the rest of them there on Sunday. But uh, in the sense of using that metaphor of of a staircase. What are the different steps or aspects of salvation? And we're going to look at, let me say that doctrine to truly understand, uh, what that is and what it means and how to apply it to your life.
0: All right. So I would certainly encourage everyone to come out this Sunday uh, to Elevating Life Church. We start at 930, our eclectic worship experience, and uh, continue on uh, uh, through 1130 with some breaks in between for people who have to come and go or whatever the case may be. But two different opportunities to hear the message. And and uh, as we know, as you and I know, and, and uh, Matt found out uh, on Sunday, is that the second message can, even though it's the same message, could actually be quite a bit different from the first one.
1: Yes, discipline, right? And practice, you get comfortable and then boom, you're in your element. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. So make sure uh, if at all possible, come out. If not, join us on Facebook and uh, we'll be uh, uh, excited to have you there as well. Well, Drake, I just got to say again how great it is to have you back. I'm glad you had the opportunity to go and uh, be a part of the camp up at Camp Wyoba. uh, But always a pleasure to have you back so that our team is together once again.
1: Yes, and let me do a, a special shout out thank you to you john to matt but the entire team as you all know john without us doing it together this doesn't work and so how great is it in the sense of love god with all of your heart mind soul and love your neighbor and doing it together that's what ministry is all about and you guys just uh thank you for making me look good even though that's not what it's about but you do because i get the credit for it and i don't deserve it but thank you for for uh for doing uh, what you do and and we do it for uh, meaning, purpose so that we can create a movement for Christ right here in Morgan County. Right, the kingdom of God. That's right. Amen. All right.
0: Well, uh, that's going to wrap up today, this week's uh, podcast. We hope you were uh, enriched by it and and blessed by it and uh, invite you to join us again next week for Wonderfully Weird Living. For Pastor Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters and we will see you next week. Find out more about your uniqueness when you get your own copy of Drake's book, Wonderfully Weird, available in the fall of 2019. And please email us with your questions or comments at wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. Join us again next time as we continue to explore Wonderfully Weird Living. I'm John Waters. Thank you for joining us.